0: Welcome to Global Truth Center. So, pine cones and holly berries. So, when I was putting the talk together today, I literally had a number of themes that I wanted to talk about, and I kept going, no, 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 what's the one thing that I really want to talk about? So, the title of my talk today is The Christmas Tree Story. The Christmas Tree Story. So, I don't know if you know this, but the reason we have Christmas trees right now in our houses is because of a pagan tradition. It was a pagan tradition way back in the, I think, 1400s. It's called Saturna. It's the pagan holiday season called Saturna. That's Saturn, the god of agriculture. And what they did was they created this, this pagan holiday around the fact that there is life coming up from the ground at all times. And you know, when we talk about pagan traditions, it's really celebrating all of the elements. And that's what people knew at that time as God. That's what God was. God was the sun. There was the God of the sun, God of the moon, God of the stars, God of the earth. So um, it, the winter solstice came around the exact same time, which is when the sun god would be restored to health. And it was like December 21st, December 22nd. So like tomorrow and the next day, one of those days is considered winter solstice. And it's, it has to do with the sun being able to recover from some kind of shutdown. And that's what they perceived because all the plants started to die and we were going into this dark. So they celebrated solstice to give the sun a boost and say, come back to us, bring back the earth, bring back that which comes forward. Now, here's the interesting thing. In the 1500s, that's when the first trees showed up. Actually, late 1400s is when they used to put these trees into their houses right around this time. Why did they put the trees? And they were only evergreens because they never died. They were ever green. And back in the old days, they thought of it very spiritually, very religiously that somehow God had made these specific trees never succumb to everything else that the, the, the planet succumbed to. So they celebrated these trees and they never killed them. They took them, they just took them and brought them indoors. They, you know, potted them indoors for the holiday season. That's where this whole thing about Christmas trees came to be. In the 1500s, early 1500s, that's when they first started cutting down trees. And that's when um, Christianity started to celebrate the tree as part of their holiday. And if we really look at it, most of our pagan holidays have turned into Christian holidays. We've taken those rituals and used them for Christianity or for the Christmas season. Um, When the trees first came into the house, they were undecorated. How many of you would love that? They came into the house and they were just, it was just the tree. The tree was enough. It didn't need decorations. It didn't need to be, like ours is right now, undecorated. It, it's just a tree and it smelled great and we celebrated the, the life of it and it's an evergreen. It's always alive. It, oh, it makes it through anything. Then in the 1500s, they started cutting down the trees. They were undecorated, but by the 1700s, people started putting fruits On the tree and paper ornaments so by the 1700s they're starting to get this where we are now they're starting to move that along put the fruits on the trees put in paper ornaments and then queen victoria i bet most of you don't know this queen victoria came along and she created what is considered what we consider today tinsel she had all of these slivers of silver and gold cut and she would hang them on her tree. The first tree ever, they credited to Queen Victoria, had all of this silver and gold tinsel all over her tree with fruit, with with paper ornaments, and, which which sounds a little unsafe to me, candles. Candles and paper ornaments, doesn't sound good. But that's what she did. By the 1800s, the European influence in America brought the Christmas tree here. Now up to that point, interestingly enough, up to that point, The United States did not allow Christmas trees. It was considered illegal because it was pagan. And remember, the founders that came over here, they were trying to keep the United States, they're trying to keep America very Christian. And they believed this was all pagan ritual. Um, In the late 1800s, that's when American trees became floor to ceiling. Doesn't it make perfect sense that it was the American people that decided these little trees won't work? We need bigger trees! So they, started, they went floor to ceiling. But what I find interesting is that the real concept began in Egypt and Rome, even before the idea of solstice and before the idea of Saturna, the pagan holiday. In Rome and Egypt... They celebrated the evergreen as everlasting life, eternal life, and they revered these trees. And that's where the first idea comes from, this idea of if everlasting life, the spiritual nature, you know, something that is not affected by outside conditions, something that stays perfect. Like for instance, maybe the evergreens remember who they are, and therefore do not succumb to anything outside of their periphery. In some places, evergreens, the evergreen boughs, like these, well, these are plastic, but if they were real, evergreen boughs were hung over people's houses to keep devils away, to keep, what does it say, witches away, and to keep negativity away. So they used these trees, these Christmas trees that we call Christmas trees, as symbols, and not even symbols back then, because they used them in a real sense, Putting this up will protect our house. The first Christmas trees that were brought to the United States, the first place, and I find this really interesting, was in Germantown, Pennsylvania, which happens to be where I went to college, which is also very close to where I grew up. Germantown, Pennsylvania, the first Christmas trees in 1800. But as I said before, in the late 1600s, it was considered a crime to have a tree or even hang ornaments or anything on your, on your house. Calling them, They called them heathen traditions, and it was illegal to participate. If you were found to have them on your house, you could be arrested and put in prison. Isn't that, isn't that just amazing? However, by the 1900s, It was completely acceptable and it caught on. And what I want to bring to us today is this idea of, because you won't look at your Christmas tree again the same way. I, I, I went out and looked at ours today as I was working on this. I was like, this is great. I don't know that we need to do too much to it, although we will. I know we will, Kevin, don't freak out. We will decorate the tree. But I loved the idea of looking at it and saying, you represent eternal life. Now the irony is now, of course, that we cut them down and they represent eternal life and we kill them. We cut them down, put them in our houses, put them in water and eventually they land on the street. But I think that's happened with a lot of our traditions where we have lost the meaning of the tradition and the tradition is just kind of like, I thought about my parents that first year, I think it was the 1960s, that first year, they brought a silver tree into the house. It was a fake. Anybody else have one of those when they were growing up? Yeah, That silver tree with the rotating color wheel. Remember that? It was horrifying. I remember my brother and I were like, where's the tree? This is our tree this year. No, no. We were like so upset that we didn't have, and I, and I don't know why, probably just something inside of us resonated with, we want something real. And it was this hit. We only lasted one Christmas We were so angry about it. We only had that silver tree one Christmas. So the tree represents strength through adversity. Think about how these trees stand up in the midst of the windstorms, the ice storms, the snow-covered trees that then just let the snow go, but they still live through it. Well, for me, for you, for all of us, I think this is the perfect metaphor for 2020. You are... The Christmas tree. You are that beautiful Christmas tree that stood in the middle of 2020. Remember, we started 2020. Our, our theme was vision. 2020 vision. <laughs> we had a vision. 2020, we started the year, and by March 1st, we started living Tiffany's life. <laughs> we started <laughs> hunkering down, staying home, and here we are at the end of the year. We're still doing that. We are that Christmas tree. The thing is, do we know with that Christmas tree? So I have a little story for you. Um, so this year, because of the pandemic, Kevin and I, we had planned on going to get a brand new Christmas tree, which we always get a a, a fake Christmas tree. And we had one picked out and it was like, wasn't it like a 10-foot one this year? You know, we're going to get this gorgeous big Christmas tree. But because it's because we're not, we don't want to go out shopping, we don't want to go pick up a tree and bring it back. We didn't. Well, William, who's been asking for a real Christmas tree for since he was little, um, we decided to go get a real Christmas tree. And I had this vision of anybody. We watched this last night. Anybody see the Chevy Chase movie, Christmas Vacation, where they like? It's not a great movie. They plow through. They just plow through the snow to cut down this 20-foot tree. They bring it home and they kind of squeeze it into the corner and then he cuts the wire and the tree just explodes into the whole house. That's what I wanted. I wanted to have an experience kind of like that. I would have loved to have cut down our own tree, go to a forest somewhere. Um, And then I get a phone call from Kevin. Hey, I'm at Ralph's. They have Christmas trees. And I'm like, Ralph's? I said, no, 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 no. They can't have the kind of Christmas tree I want at Ralph's. He goes, James. I'm telling you, Jim and Diane just bought a Christmas tree at Ralph's. It's in their living room, and it is kind of sweet Christmas tree. I said, no, that's not no, Kevin, no. So then I finally acquiesce, and we drive to Ralph's, and there, it, right outside of Ralph's, is this little bunch of Christmas trees, and I'm, I'm getting out of the car, going, no. I'm not, no, we are not buying, first of all, we're not buying a Christmas tree at Ralph's. Second of all, look at these Christmas trees, and Will's looking, and I, then I think, you know what, James, that is so closed-minded. Are you open at the top or not? Start looking. So Kevin's pulling trees out, and I'm going, no. No. And then Will's Will's poking a couple trees. I'm like, no, nah, that's too skinny. It's too, it's too blah, blah, blah. And I finally make my way around the corner. And I'm in looking for all these trees. And there was this Christmas tree all the way at the back. And I saw it and I was like, well, actually, that looks like it might have a right kind of shape. So I start moving trees. I asked Will to move some trees and all. And we take the tree out and just stand it there. And I have to be honest. It was the most gorgeous Christmas tree. It just... Everything fell into this beautiful shape, a little, little bald at the bottom, but that's where all the presents are going to go anyway. And I was like, and I, you know how you don't want to admit you're wrong? And, and, and I didn't even want it to leave my mouth, but I had to turn around and say, I think this is our Christmas tree. To which Kevin, very politely and lovingly, only rolled his eyes. He didn't say anything. Um, and then we brought the Christmas tree home and the Christmas tree smells great. And it's sitting there and we still haven't had time to decorate it, although Kevin has lit it. And so I had to really, and I've looked at this Christmas tree now for a week and I just keep staring at it and thinking, Ralph's, how did you get to Ralph's? How did you get plucked out of some forest, brought to Ralph's? And how did you call me around the corner piling through these christmas trees to you because i believe that everything that is alive including this christmas tree calls to that which it is being directed towards and i believe that this christmas tree was destined even from before it started to grow up to be to end its final days in our Living room, And then we're giving it a lot of water, but it is on its last journey, clearly. Um, So, what are my takeaways from this? Because this is really what got to me. What are my takeaways from this? Well, understanding that evergreens make it through everything. That evergreens are here full, round, full seasons. They're here in the spring. They're here in the summer. They're here in the fall. They're here in the winter. They make it through everything. Well, I am that Christmas tree because that's who I am. That's who Mindy is. That's who Tiffany is, Eric, all of us. We are that thing that makes it through everything. Every thing. That's my number one. And sometimes the strength of who we are, sometimes who we are is buried behind a lot of stuff that we've cluttered around ourselves. It's hard to find us hard to find ourselves. Certainly this year during this pandemic, it's been hard at times to find myself, to find who I am. I seem to be in reactionary mode to what's going on. So many congregants having so many difficulties and I'm there and I want to be there. But sometimes I don't take the time to go around the corner and push everything aside and find me and see who I am and remember who I am in the midst of it all. Sometimes it really makes sense for me to drag myself back out right there into the middle of the lot and let myself shake out and see how beautiful I am. You know, I was telling Kevin as we dr- drove in here today, this, um, the Sunday that Nora had her accident, uh, I was rushing and I was hurried, hurried, hurrying, and the past her in the parking lot and she was laying on the ground of the parking lot with a little hat on her with a little hoodie all i saw was this little chirpy little kind of pudgy face because she was pushing it all out and i didn't have time and i just didn't have time and she's like grabbing my leg and asking me for five kisses and i'm like i don't have time get in here and sing with me and today when we got here i jumped out of the car and kevin was trying to talk to me and i was like no no it, it, whatever you want and i kept walking and i stopped and I went, oh my God, I just did it again. I am, I am walking past my life. I am speeding to something, but I'm not where I am. And I just stopped and waited. And Kevin, Kevin caught up to me. I said, I am so sorry. I just did exactly the same thing I did to Nora that day, which is I just didn't stop and listen. I didn't stop and pay attention. I didn't remember who I was. So one of my takeaways from this whole experience with this Christmas tree is understanding that when I do remember who I am, I'm able to be present. I am able to be present with whatever is going on and I'm not racing towards something in front of me and that my strength, who I am, doesn't need to be buried. And sometimes, the other thing I realized is sometimes we need to go deep We need to dig deep. We need to go around the corner and push everything away to find that true self that we are. To find the evergreen that you are. To find that thing, that thing in you, Will, that is so strong, so powerful, nothing can stop you from living the life you are destined to live. Not destined because some God out there said, Will's going to be this. Destined because there is something inside of you, inside of me, inside of all of us, Nate, Luke, that is insistent on us living this flow. But sometimes there are so many freaking Christmas trees covering us that the universe, the world, this pandemic, whatever you want to call it, has thrown into one corner. Your unique, amazing self is stuck in the back. And it takes someone like Kevin to insist on me going to find it. <laughs> and really I was just trying to prove him wrong. I really wanted to just go back there, open up everything that could possibly be open and go, and now let's go to Tina's trees where they've got these gorgeous big trees. And that's not what happened. Would have been what happened if I hadn't decided to go deep, to go deeper and deeper and deeper and to make sure that I gave every opportunity to find something that would work. Well, that's kind of who we are. And the other takeaway I have is this. Who you are doesn't change just because you haven't gone deep enough. Who you are doesn't change just because you haven't really done the work to look. Who you are doesn't change, even if you want to live your whole life with all those Christmas trees leaning on you. You will still be there in the back, fully orbed, just waiting, waiting for that moment when you yourself says, I remember who I am. And then it's like like Charlie Brown's Christmas when the lights just come shining down. And that little Christmas tree, if you remember in Charlie Brown's Christmas, that Christmas tree didn't turn into like this gorgeous tree, not really. It kind of just stayed there. Then they did do all the zhuzhing up and it was fabulous. But the truth is, you don't need to zhuzh up, which I love the story of the Christmas tree, that it was just the tree. Do you know, Tiffany, that who you are is so perfect, it needs nothing from you to make it better. That's the truth. Who you are is so immense, so talented, so successful, that you need do nothing to make it better. We don't need to decorate ourselves more. We don't need to find ways to make ourselves more beautiful, more more creative, more successful. We just need to allow ourselves to be found We need to allow ourselves to spread our limbs and just allow ourselves to be the evergreens that we are. So there were my three takeaways from this. Sometimes our strength is buried. Sometimes we have to go deep to find it. And when we do find it, we need to realize it was always there and that we do not have to work hard to be who we truly are. So, I was putting my talk together this morning and having all of these thoughts and a little email popped into my email. It was my friend, Rick Tamlin, who, um, he, he does this thing. He says this thing. He goes, this, this just in. And what he means is this just came through. I just had this idea. And when he has these epiphanies and these moments, he sends out these, I'm like, I'm on his list. Are you on his list, Eric. Oh, you should be. And he just sends this thing out and it's like this just in. And he was talking about how his life is so hurried, that there's so much going on in his life. But here we are in the holiday season. And that that week right before Christmas, when right now we really can't go too crazy running around because there is a you know a, a pandemic going on. And so we do have to stay a little bit relaxed and a little bit off the grid. And he talked about how beautiful that was for him. And he said this, he said, For me, I plan to slow down, reflect, and look at the bigger picture of my life. Take stock of my life as a whole and decide what's working, what's not, and what's next. So I want to leave you today with those three questions. What's working in your life? Now, think about this Christmas tree. Think about yourself as a perfect evergreen, the most perfect evergreen you've ever seen. That's who you are strong, powerful, everlasting, infinite in scope. Even when they cut you down, you come back up. That's how it works. So, what's working in your life? When you look at your life, what's working? Here we are on Sunday. Friday will be Christmas. We have a beautiful Christmas Eve service coming up. You have like five days here. Five days here. That got me. Yep. You have five days. What can you know in those five days? What's working in your life? Do you remember who you are? And are you willing To be honest enough to say, this is not working in my life. You do not have to sludge through it. You do not have to put up with that which is not working. I love his next question. What's working and what's not? Understand it. See the things that really work in your life. Expand them. Honor them. Be grateful for them. Expand them. What's not working? Don't belittle it. Don't begrudge it. Don't be angry at it. Just decide. It's not working. And then what's next? Which I love. What's next? So if I am this beautiful evergreen, this beautiful Christmas tree, and I am the power and the strength of the universe, and I can withstand any weather that you throw at me, and i can even withstand you cutting me off putting me in a big thing of water and letting me just be beautiful for a, a, a month or as long as it takes for my needles to fall away and then be put back in the earth to come back in another time and another place that's all okay for me we talked about this week this we talked about that this week in the advanced consciousness class about reincarnation and What is it like? What does it mean when I'm done? What will it mean for this Christmas tree in our living room when it's done? You know, will we handle it respectfully? And it's going to come back up. It will show it back up someday, somewhere. That's how it works. So, what's working in your life? Celebrate it. What's not working in your life? Be daring enough to identify it and move past it. And what's next? We always get to ask that question at the end of a year. Well, what's next? A vaccine. We have a vaccine. We have a couple of vaccines. This thing is almost behind us. And frankly, in mind, it is already handled. It came to do what it needed to do, and it will leave having done what it needed to do. And if I know that, I cannot be so stressed about it. Although watching them get all get needles and seeing how long that needle is it goes into the arm there is a moment of hesitancy for me but I will deal with it I will look away I will cry <laughs> I will probably scream when it comes in but it's all good so what is next what's next for you what's next for me I don't know but I know it's going to be good so you got 5 days 5 5 days to ask yourself what's working what's not And what's next? All of those things come into play the minute you can say to yourself, I know who I am. I am an evergreen tree. And I invite you to decorate you. Decorate you this Christmas. Every ball you put on that tree, every piece of Queen Victoria's tinsel you put on that tree, every piece of paper, every light that lights it up, imagine yourself as that tree being decorated. I want you to shine so bright that you will be like Chevy Chase's house in Christmas Vacation, that when he plugs that in, and actually Beverly D'Angelo Angelo turns the switch on, which is what does it, but when that house lights up, that's you. That is your entire soul, your entire heart, everything inside of you just bursting for joy, because you are that Christmas tree, fully decorated, fully evergreen, infinite in scope, and so magnificent that it is going to take these five days for you to just allow all of that to just bubble up from within. Have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Christmas season this week, everyone. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.